Hi everyone, I'm Gwen Jones and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week I'm talking to Wayne Boname and he's from Disaster Aid USA. I know it rhymes, but it's really important. Disaster Aid USA is a homegrown rotary project that mucks and guts its way through a whole bunch of disasters with volunteers helping everyday people who just want to get their lives back. So join me, won't you? Disaster Aid USA is my guest on this week's podcast. And of course, I'm always happy that you've joined us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Well, I am super excited because I finally have connected with a gentleman that I met all the way in Houston all that time ago at convention, Wayne Beaumier, which I do love his last name, of Disaster Aid USA, which, okay, did y'all catch that? Beaumier from Disaster USA (laughs) is joining me on the podcast. And even though that's very funny, laughy way to start the show, he actually is an amazing guy bringing aid to the good old USA, as they call it. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I I didn't mean to stand you up last time. We we did have a disaster (laughs) and we were deployed and I, I was communication chair and I didn't communicate with you. I apologize. Well, yeah, if I'm gonna be, I was going to say, if I'm going to be stood up for an interview, to be stood up for an interview because there's a major disaster by the guy that helps people in major disasters, I'll let it go. I'll Thank let you. it go this time. Thank you. Well, you are a Rotarian, and we're going to talk about your Rotary story and all that kind of stuff uh, throughout the, the podcast. But what I really want to know is what brought me to get to know you in Houston is Disaster Aid USA. And I think it's first to say this is this is not the domestic shelter box, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, so correct. tell us what it is. Uh, so Disaster Aid USA was, was a brainchild of past district governor uh, Bob Grill out of the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And then the other co-founder, Larry Agee, and they were both very, uh, he's out of Lake Charles right next to me. And they were very involved with, with Shelterbox. And Shelterbox has grown as a Rotary Club project and as a partner. Um, Larry was one of the first person to help develop the tent for Shelterbox. He'd been deployed for Shelterbox. Um, but we kind of want to do some things different and kind of respond to things here in the U.S. Um, when we respond international, Disaster Red USA is one of eight country partners that become Disaster International, and we're a collaborative partner with, with Rotary. We're recognized in that standpoint. Um, so if we're out internationally, we'll do tents and water filtration and rebuilding of homes. But we wanted something specifically for the United States. Um, as, as a charity, as a club project, we just thought that it's time now also to do something internally for us here. So any U.S. territory, uh, any of our states, we will gather people, we will gather belongings, we'll, we'll gather our chainsaws and our people, and any man-made or domestic storm or disaster, if we've got the manpower and the people to, to go do the deployment, as we call it, we will deploy and help here in the United States. So why don't you, why, why don't we, uh, why do we need you? Because we have FEMA. <clears throat> I guess sure. is the question right off the bat. I mean, aren't we, isn't FEMA got something in there about emergency? That's where our tax dollars go to. So why don't we just use FEMA? 
Correct. So we all use FEMA, but FEMA was never set up to do the mucking and gutting. FEMA wasn't a muck and gut is where we go to up to a home and it's been had four foot of water into it. And once the water comes out and, you know, unfortunately, if there were deaths after the bodies have been taken out and the animals, someone's got to clean that up. And yes, you can wait around for FEMA to cut you a check. Yes, you can wait to call your insurance company and in fairness, insurance companies, maybe in nine months or 18 months or 24 months, you'll get that check. But somebody has got to go in there and cut that drywall, pull it out, pull the floors out, drop the ceilings, spray it properly for, for mold and mildew, dry your house out so you can start that process. So if you waited for FEMA, and FEMA, and FEMA is just an agency that's here to assist us, but all they really do is cut a check to you to go get it done. So why wait to get it done when we can go help and volunteer and get it done? So you're... You're more for no better word, a boots on the ground kind of organization, not a check writing organization. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you accept checks and we're gonna talk about that, but but you're physically people that are willing to go into these into these homes. Let's talk about let's just say like New Orleans or I'm sorry, you're we were just in you just had uh Harvey not too long ago, right down the street from you. So explain I, what you did in Harvey then. So we'll take it. Um, Harvey was always the, and, and I'm, I'm saying this to my fellow Rotarians and district governors or past district governors, every Rotary district should have a domestic disaster chair. Okay. It's actually part of the requirement now, if you look into what you're supposed to do as, as a uh, governor, is to have someone who's your disaster chair. And whether that just be, you know, we've got high winds in your area, or you're out in California where we've done mudslides. Or you're or wildfires. in yeah, wildfire, yeah. wildfire. So, you know, we're in Oregon right now cleaning up a wildfire. So we've got a domestic trailer out there. Dan, uh, Dan Crawford is our director. So as most lazy Rotarians, we, we set up disaster aid just like Rotary. I'm in charge of it, of my district. I'm also in charge of my zone. So we've got zone directors that have these trailers or these pieces of, of help, whether it's myself, whether it's their local Rotary club, whether they have a professional carpet cleaner, we take all these resources and go help after domestic disaster. So to answer your question, even to bring it more to the to, to now, we just came back from Florida where they had a storm come through. Yep. So we, we sent what's called a team lead. So Larry, Larry Ag, our one of the co-founders, jumped in a truck with his son, Adam, and they brought over a rescue boat and they brought over our front end loader, which was donated by his district. And they sat there and they cut logs for two weeks. All we did was chainsaw work. So we called the local governor and she said, hey, if you can make it to my house, I'll put you up. So Larry and his son got there about two days before the storm really hit, set up our command center, and we waited to see which way the storm was going to go. So the biggest thing we do besides cleaning up the mess is after we leave and while we're there, we're training fellow Rotarians how to do this. We're training that team lead at that district how to handle a storm. And it could be as simple as picking up supplies. It could be as simple as passing out money, cards. Or if you get trained by us, you can lead a strike team and you can do that muck and gut. You can do the chainsaw work. You can go out there and do proper tarping of a house in case it rains again. You can do point of distribution training where you take all the donations in and then make sure it gets out to the public right. So not only do we do the work, we train people how to do it after we leave so we can multiply ourselves as Rotarians and really become impactful in the community. 
So I, it was, it was funny. You were introduced to me as the domestic shelter box, but in your own way, <laughs> you're really not because with shelter boxes and amazing, as we all know, and we're not here to, to, to diss shelter box in any way. They have been friends of the show, but different is different. So shelter box, however, does not go in and cut down trees or does not go in and they, they bring in those amazing boxes, those amazing kits that go everywhere. So you're basically uh, harnessing local Rotarians and then putting them to work on the ground. So it's, it just feels very different. You're not, do you give tents? Do you give supplies? Do you give a box or are you there cutting down trees and tarping houses as a physical presence working or both? All of it. So, for, okay. for example, Disaster International, other eight um, countries that, that become Disaster International, we still give tents out. We, we've got a family tent that, that holds aid. That's into it's in a box. It's got to cook utensils. It has all of that, and, and those are those are needed. So, when I got deployed to the Philippines, we had sent in probably five hundred tents. Shelter box probably sent in fifty thousand tents, and, and shelter box tents are amazing. Right. If, if you're if you're a Rotary Club and district doing shelter box, continue to do it. And then our, our second wave into the Philippines, we took that donor money, and instead of and instead of buying tents, they're like, "Can we buy the material to rebuild our home?" And then it hit us. It doesn't matter if your home is a tent or if your home just had all the CGI, the corrugated iron blown off. If that is your home, then if it's just as easy for us to repair that home than give you a tent, let's start doing what we call a home repair kit. So we took the donor money, fellow Rotarians there in the Philippines. We ordered all the supplies. We handed them out, and every home was rebuilt in that particular barangay or small village in the Philippines. And that was the first time that I was deployed and the first time that I got to really be impactful with donor money and not just use it on a tent, which is great, but now their home is rebuilt and they're back in their home. And well, that started and I, us thinking, what else can we do? And, and then right. we'll, we'll, I'll let you take this question. So then what else can we do domestically? Because an American is not going to sleep in a tent. Except on vacation. Well, of course <laughs> on vacation. And, 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 that's, and that's why I wanted the, the, big, uh, the big tent and how I got involved is all I wanted was a tent. I walked through the House of Friendship International Convention in New Orleans and saw the shelter box tent. And I said, oh, that's what I want. And I met the founder of shelter box. And I says, can I have a tent? He goes, Sure, but what do you want it for? I said, I'm in Boy Scouts. I want, I want a tent. So we talked and shook hands. I said, okay, I'll go buy a shelter box tent. And I'm walking through House of Friendship, and I saw the big blue tent. That's the Disaster Aid International tent. And I'm like, well, bigger is better. It's got the big rotor wheel on it. And all I wanted was a tent. And then lo and behold, now I'm mucking and gutting. So it just started off as me wanting to buy a tent to camp in um, to find out that we can be more impactful, not just with tents, but helping rebuilding a home or in this case, mucking and gutting and tarping a community so they can rebuild it. So I think we have, this is going to, this is going to sound interesting to say, but I think we have levels of disaster here in the United States. We have some disasters that take swaths of, you know, I probably, uh, uh, Hawaii is probably the the biggest swath we've had in, in quite some time, the lower ninth ward you know, where it's just this huge amount, but you get outside of that and you actually have infrastructure 
and you actually have people that it didn't hit. I mean, I I know Harvey hit Houston, if I remember correctly, but, you know, El Paso was pretty good or Dallas was pretty good. So do you go to those other areas and those other clubs and say, we are now Shanghaiing you, you guys come, here we come. You're now Rotarians get to work because this didn't hurt you as bad. And I know, I know that sounds very almost, you know, bougie as we were talking about before the show to say, well, that didn't hurt you as much as it hurt us, but you are a smaller team. So do you just kind of say, come on, you guys, it's time to I'll get together and do a good old barn raising. Is that kind of your organization in a way? Yeah. So when Harvey hit, obviously I was the disaster chair for my district here, 5890 here in Houston. I could not get out of my own driveway. Okay. So here's the guy who's supposed to be in the trailer helping people. And I physically can't get out. That's why we have our aid positioned all over. In this case, in zone 25B, got five trailers spread around Texas. So if something happens to Houston, the guys from Dallas and the Rotarians can come over from all the different areas. I have the team come up. The best, the best roofing team we have, they're called the Roofing Chicks, and that's the name of their company. Uh, they'll come from Harlingen, or sure, they'll come up from New Braunfels, and they will show people how to help tarp and roof. So we've learned as, as we got into these domestic disasters, and we've been to 55 major. I mean, if there's a name storm disaster, I've just been there. And then we sit there, and we just muck and gut. So the lessons learned from Harvey, which was a huge storm, and I thought I'd never see a storm as bad as Harvey. And I say that when people say, what's the worst one? And then I, I've changed my mind over the years of seeing other people's homes. I've seen eight foot of water in a home. I've seen eight inches of water. Right. And I've term, it's all devastating. My nightmare may not be as bad as your nightmare, but they're still nightmares. We still have to go. We've got people <laughs> that are underinsured. So I tell Rotarians, hey, you've got someone that has no insurance and a hot water tank breaks, call us. We're a club project. We'll come do something small. It doesn't have to be a Harvey. It doesn't have to be this huge storm for us to get in our disaster aid mindset of let's go help that person. Let me get the local Rotarians or anyone who shows up. And most of the help I get aren't Rotarians. Okay. They're just not because the Rotarians are busy with their home, their businesses, and their needs. So when we show up, yes, I'm a Rotarian. But we, we're just there to guide the public and show them how to do it and then multiply ourselves. And then, in the good name of Rotary, Rotarians, once their businesses are up and running, are there to pick up the torch and continue the work that we started. Now, I find it, I read in the paper not too long ago that the state of Florida and the state of, I do believe, North and South Carolina insurance companies are about to pull out and not going to cover in case of disaster relief, um, they're not going to rebuild homes anymore. Now, I have, they haven't officially pulled out yet. This is just the scare tactics of a headline in the news, but it's a headline that would make something like your organization, I would think, um, having to prepare even more. And of course, there's also climate change. Storms are getting bigger. Fires are getting bigger and badder. Are, are you see yourself only growing or need to grow? Between us and all the other organizations that do this work, we, we could be a hundredfold and not have enough when, when something happens. So in my own state of Texas, uh, in my own county, my insurance company pulled out 
just three months ago. Okay. So I had 30 days to find new homeowners insurance. Uh, in Florida right now, they're, they're arguing over the, was it high winds? Was it really a storm? Because once it's a named storm, then it becomes a FEMA disaster. And instead of your homeowner's insurance, then it has to be hurricane insurance or high wind insurance. Well, so and let I me was, interrupt you there. Sure. And I think, I think it's very important to, to when the president, whoever they are, declares something an emergency, right? Emergency disaster. That also calls you guys in for help as well, does it not? So the way we go, so back to the insurance thing. So even Please. if you do have insurance, even if you do have insurance, um, I won't name the, the company, but you're not in good hands when you're with them. I'll just say that. On my street <laughs> of thir- on my, on my street of 13, I love the commercials, but on my street of 13, okay. 11, ho- 11 houses had hail damage. Okay. All, so 11 of us got our roofs replaced. The other two did not because they didn't deem it a hailstorm. So the concern or the question with insurance companies and fellow Rotarians that sell insurance is make sure that your customer knows their policy. In the state of Louisiana, they paid out, but they paid under 40% of what the lowest bid was. So the whole state of Louisiana had to get together and sue these insurance companies to make them pay what they should be paying. So okay. whether it's a name storm, whether it's a fire, whether whether you're living in an apartment and don't have um, renter's insurance, make sure you understand your homeowner's policy. May, if a pipe breaks inside my wall, I'm covered. May not be covered for you. Uh, water comes in through the front door. It's a flood. Right. So not just the insurance companies. We need to know exactly what we have for where we live. Because it's so devastating then, when it's devastating when they turn you down for an insurance claim, and now I have to go retarp a roof that we didn't think would be out there for six months to a year, and there are still some homes in Louisiana that have been tarped for two years with no claims. So, and I guess that brings us all the way back to like the Ninth Ward, which still has homes. You know, I don't know when Katrina was, how many years ago it was, but that is just never ever recouped. We do have people in need in the United States. I think that we forget. I think the United States gets a little cocky sometimes on how well we seem to have everything together. Um, and you can send me hate mail. I say this all the time, rotarianpod at gmail.com. I'm the first to say that sometimes we could hold off on our cockiness because we do, if if we were so perfect, we wouldn't need you. <laughs> I, you know, if things are if things were rocking and rolling, we didn't need you. But you don't ask these people if they have insurance, do you? You just show up on their front door and say, I see you don't have food or elect. Well, you can't do anything about electricity. That's not your thing. But you you've got a tree through your roof. Let's tarp it. You don't ask if they're Rotarians. You don't ask. You just show up. How do you pick these people? Do you just drive down the street and go, wow, they look like they need our help first? Uh, when, you, when you drive down that street. So uh, the way a storm works, we'll, we'll pick on we'll pick on Florida because they just had not pick on them. But we'll talk about Florida because one just went, one just happened there. Sure. So the way it works in the States, and this is true for ourselves as Disaster Aid USA or if you're with United Methodist or your big team Rubicon that go out there, we show up to a disaster. Usually we go when we're asked to go. So if a storm's coming, the way it works in the rotary 
world for us is we'll pick up a phone and we'll call that local governor and say, do you have a disaster plan? If not, can we help you? And if they say, no, we don't need your help, which has happened before, we as a board decide to go anyways, because we know deep down they have no clue what they're doing. None of us know what we're doing. We're not professional disaster people. We're not FEMA. We're not, you know, you're not the mayor of a city who's been trained for this. You're not the fire chief. So we've learned to just go ahead and go. We don't ask anyone's permission. We just ask our board, hey, do we have the resources and the people to go to Florida? Yes. And then we do a call out. Who would like to go to sunny Florida with no sun and sunshine, but we're going to go there and we're going to maybe sleep in the back of the, the disaster aid trailer. Maybe we'll be in a hotel. Maybe we'll be in a church. We get there and then we check in with the local agencies of who's in charge. So every city will have who's ever in charge. When we just did Rolling Fork, Mississippi, the city ran it. Um, in Florida, the county, Florida's well-versed in disasters. The county management ran that. We check in with them. We're disaster aid, a Rotary Club project. Here's what we do. We brought our rescue boat. If you're still doing water rescue, we, we brought our, our debris team. We've got our chainsaw crew. We're fully equipped, fully funded, fully ready to go. Where do you want us? You show up in the morning, you get a, a brief of what's going on. And I tell people, I just don't need chainsaw people because before we can go chainsaw, someone has to go assess the house. That means the team's already gone out, knocked on our door or looked at it and said, hey, there's three trees down. Who wants this? And we'll claim it. We'll call it a ticket or a work ticket. We'll claim it as disaster aid and we'll f- do whatever, what's ever on that, that work ticket. We'll do the muck and gut. We'll do the tarping. And all agencies do it the same way. So we work in conjunction with all the other agencies out there, all the other nonprofits that are out there just to help people. And then we just we just show up and we just do it or we learn how to do it. So do you do you piss people off? I mean, that's I mean, if that's probably the first question. You just said, well, we just show up. We don't care. We don't work with FEMA. We don't work with the da-da-da. We'll just show up anyway. We just make it happen. So have you been have you been a hindrance? Have you, I mean, is that the right way to do it? Or do you just say F it? That's the way we do it. Well, that's the way it's done. And I, I hate to say it. Um, okay. A city Fair manager, enough. you know, I mean, well, for example, when we go someplace, we, we like to, you know, again, we're just a, a club project. There's about, there's about 150 people that do disaster rate in all the rotary world. We've got 27 trailers positioned, ready to go, but I still need what we call team leads to go. So when, again, when we're not doing this, we're training those communities to be a team lead because it's nice to show up as a Rotarian. It's nice to have these resources, but I have to train people to do this. So we got, we get to Florida, we show up, we check in. Now we've been to Florida five times now as Rotarian. So I'm no longer, I'm no longer a hindrance to the, to the local districts. They know, you. They know us. Gotcha. They know that we, we can, we, we do exactly what we say. You know, we talk to talk, but most importantly, we can walk to walk. And I can muck and gut with the best of them. We can do the tree removal with the best of them because we've been taught by professionals that are Rotarians. Mark and Nancy Matthews taught us how to take our simple muck and gut and take it to the next level. They're out of La Mesa, California. He's retired. He has shown us how to go in there and properly save someone's home. I don't have to rip out the cabinets. I can dry them out and save that homeowner thousands of dollars. So it's the kindness of fellow Rotarians that have had these skills that come and show us how to be better team leads and most importantly, how to help the public in this time of crisis. So there's two things you've said a lot of. You said muck and gut. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said just a Rotary project. 
Right. And I find both of those very interesting. Muck and gut, I get because we do get <laughs> we do get mudslides, and we've all seen the pictures of those poor people just basically shoveling mud out out their front door. Um, not the kids and the dog bringing it in, but literally just globs of it going out the front door. So the muck and gut part, I think all of our listeners understand. But you do say this is just a rotary project. Like, I don't know if it's like a humility thing or oh, it's just a rotary project. But you're also telling us that you have like motorboats and 15 big disaster vehicles that can just take off and be anywhere in the, well, you said uh, the U.S. property. So like, I assume you guys can go to Puerto Rico. I assume you guys can, you were talking before we went live on the show that you guys had sent stuff already to the Hawaiian islands and Puerto Rico. And I assume the Virgin islands. So are you just a rotary project or are you on the verge of something much bigger. Well, I say that tongue in cheek. And of course you can see me smiling for the podcasters, but, <laughs> um, you know, it started off just, just with Bob grill, um, his club wanted to take stuff up a storm hit. They collected all these items and he, he borrowed Judy's truck, the secretary of, of his club. And he drove up to New York and handed out stuff for Superstorm Sandy. Right. And then something happened in, in Alabama and Larry's down here again, again, we're doing disaster international doing the tent thing and water filtration, which we do a lot of, but then the second storm hit, and there were some deaths in the rotary world over in Alabama. So Larry jumped in his truck, grabbed his chainsaw. He lives in Louisiana. He's well-versed. Um, and we started doing debris work. And then I joined them, and then others have joined. So we went from taking stuff in the back of a truck to having 27 stock trailers that we can send anywhere in the U.S. with, you know, with, with the volunteers, and we can assist the public in getting back to some normality, going back into just – Going into a house, and, and it's going to sound crazy, but the average muck and gut is about $20,000. Wow. So we'll go in there, and then we'll dry a house out. That's another $40,000 in savings. So if you have no insurance or you're underinsured, this just kind of helps you get back to, to, to what you need to do is, is get back into your home and get back to some, you know, some normal living. And I say just a Rotary Club project because every club is different. Okay. My district, my district is run by my district disaster committee. Larry has his next to me in Louisiana. Dan is up there and right now doing the fires in Oregon, even though he's from Idaho. So all of us are allowed to do as we wish, as long as it meets the four-way test, as long as we have permission to be there by our board, we can go do a wildfire. Uh, we've got Wolfie, um, Craig Wolf, we call him the Wolf Man because he's up in Boston. They don't have a lot of disasters. But he takes no. that disaster aid trailer and he is delivering 40,000 pounds of food a month to the veterans in the area. Wow. So every trailer is different. Every team's different. But the whole goal is just whatever that local disaster is, whether it's a fire, whether you're, whether you're like Craig Wolf delivering food, uh, wherever those trailers are, I hate to keep picking on Florida, but they keep getting the brunt of it. Uh, we now have basically 12 pieces of equipment, either disaster aid sponsored rotary clubs have rotary districts have given us their trailers and say you guys are great at domestic we got all this equipment none of us know what we're doing come train us so you don't have to just start your own disaster rate trailer if you're doing this as a rotarian if you're doing this as a district just come be part of part of us or we'll become part of you so when we show up people see that rotary wheel in action doing something for our local communities 
I can tell you right now, I have no idea who my disaster head uh, is in my district. And probably the, the biggest way to throw myself under the bus is that my partner is on the district board. So I think that's going to be the first question I ask as soon as I'm through talking to you is like, so by the way, but I also invite our listeners to ask the same question. Um, do we all talk about, or at least the newspapers talk about that we are in the midst of, of global change of uh, global disasters of an environmental change. Also environment is part of our seven focuses. Um, so I, I actually do wonder how many have disaster uh, representation. Like I said, I don't think I do. What's your dream for um, what's your dream for this aid? I mean, like, well, I mean, before my, my, my dream was that you go out of business because we can't, we, we figure out what's going on, right. but yeah, I would love it. There's a, quite a few rotary projects that I would love to just go to the wayside because they've been fixed, you know, but what is your dream? What would you what would you like this pro this disaster USA to turn into? I think if, if disaster aid USA and, and any any or any worthy project that we do is Rotarians. You know, we've been ending polio, we're gonna end polio, we'll do whatever's next. We're Rotarians. We're gonna do our dictionary projects, we're gonna do all those things. But when that raindrop hits, and then it turns from one raindrop to hundred raindrops to 20 days of rain or a mudslide. Why can't we be organized as Rotarians? Mm -hmm. So one of the most, the big, one of the big, besides Disaster Aid USA being a secret in the Rotary world, the DNA RAG, a Rotary Action Group, right? We all know WASH. We love saying WASH, water and sanitation. And we do filter water. So when we're not doing disasters, we're training clubs how to filter water and do water projects. Because that's what we do as Disaster International. We will put some of the best water filtration in the village or next to a stream. So we believe that when we're not doing the domestic part, we should be training ourselves on the international part on how to do water filtration. I guess my dream is if something happens to you, district governor, whoever mm -hmm. that is, wherever you right. are, are you prepared? And if you're not, why aren't you prepared? So you, we spent all this time training the governors. They finally get in their gear. And we right. got to get that governor trained before because the governor can't really do this. We, we work with we work with a governor in Mississippi and he never heard of us. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, we took a thousand water filters to Jackson, Mississippi, because they were on their boiler alert for three months and we just got tired of seeing it. So we just delivered aid over there to Jackson. And then District Governor Mark's like, hey, a storm hit. Will you come help us? And he opened up his house and his heart in this district. And we got to go to Rolling Fork and help. So I guess the biggest thing is just making sure that if you're not part of a disaster aid, at least be in the DNA rag. And this is DNA rag, Rotary Action Group, where mm -hmm. you, me, all of us Rotarians can get all of this beautiful knowledge. So if you've got a boat that you do water rescue, you've got a tractor, you know how to use a forklift, you know how to use a front-end loader, I need you to come be deployed. I need to know that if I come to Florida and I get to a county that I've got five Rotarians that can rent us equipment at cost or bring their own tractors out or help us with point of distributions. All of us love cooking, but none of us know who we are. So the biggest thing is if we know our capabilities, so when something happens, we can move those rotary pieces into place and really serve our communities the way that we we can. Well, and you're talking something that that drives me nuts, and that is we have all these action groups that rarely work together. We have a an action group about 
sanitation and water and another action group that builds wells, but they don't talk to each other at the same time. Or we have a, a vaccination action group and we have a polio action group. Why not if we're giving the polio vaccine, let's give all the rest of these vaccines as well. Kind of, we don't work together. So are you, are, are you going to be, are you breaking that mold? Are you saying, look, we're here. We want to work with you. We're an equal opportunity because disaster has no socioeconomic, you know, a flood is a flood. Right. Black, white, rich, poor, Christian, Jew, you know, atheist and everything in between, Rotarian or not, and disasters hit. Is that so you're saying let's all play together? And not just that. I mean, we're always going to play together as, as Rotarians. I've been to disasters where the, the local Rotarians are mad that I'm there. I didn't ask them how they felt. I don't really care how they feel because you're in the middle of a storm. You need to take care of yourself and your family. Leave the mess to me and then we'll come back and we'll train you how to do this in the, in the, in the future. Uh, I, I know for a fact that we've offended district governors, past district governors, because we'll go to an area and not ask you. And the way that Bob and Larry set us up, they're the co-founders. I happen to be the you know, chairman of the board, which sounds all glitzy and glamoury, but we're all volunteers. I don't ask for your permission to go anywhere. I'm a Rotary Club project. And if I feel like going to Florida, I'm going to Florida. If I feel like going to Oregon, we're going to Oregon. Then they find out what we do. They know I'm not there for myself. I'm not there to promote disaster aid. I'm there to promote Rotary and all the good that we can do in the community. And then we circle back, we shake hands, and they're like, I think the reason why some people get offended that we're there is because they're not organized. They thought it would never happen to them. There's no way that Mark thought, District Governor Mark thought, that a tornado will go through the town next to him. But he opened up his home and said, hey, guys, come in. This, this is what this guy, this is what disaster he does. <coughs> Excuse me. So when we left, his district now can handle that in the future and continue the cleanup that we started. So... I want you to speak your mind, Wayne. <laughs> but I do, I, 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 I have to say that that's, I'm a little gobsmacked by that statement that people are upset that you're showing up. Let me, let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, God forbid, if anything happens to me in my house and my family, please come on down. <laughs> Thank you. Just, you. <laughs> I, I just need, I just need your driveway. So like, yeah, that's so, right. yeah. yeah. So uh, I think what happens a lot of time in the Rotary world, and, and I say this respectfully to the governors, they think it's all their responsibility. Uh, and it's not. It's us as members to support our districts and our clubs. So when something happens, we've learned, you know, my first big storm was born Oklahoma. A tornado went through. It went over a, it went over a school and it killed 26 children. Uh, 26. My first storm was something that major. And there's camera crews everywhere. And Obviously, I like to yak the mouth because I can do it well, but I've been media trained. I know what to say and not to say. And then I learned because I called, I started calling the governor and I started calling, most importantly, my president of the Moore Oklahoma Rotary Club. And I never heard back from him. Two weeks, I never heard from him. Third week, we went there for two weeks. We were working and they, we finally went to a Rotary Club meeting and we get there and, oh, thanks for coming to help us and all that fun stuff. It's kind of embarrassing when people say thank you for coming, but you know, we, we say thank you. They're like, hey, the president's running late. He'll be right here. This gentleman rolls up and I can hear him come. And he's on a Harley Davidson. And he is a motorcycle cop. Not only is he a motorcycle cop, he's the police chief. And he was still busy with all the red tape. And he was busy cleaning up nightmares. And he got off the bike and he went and washed his face because he was full of dust and mud. 
And that's when we realize that when something happens, you have to go outside of where it happens to get the help to come in. And that's the big thing. So if, if you are not prepared for a disaster or you haven't even thought about a disaster, we can send you a footprint or a blueprint of how a disaster district should be set up. And you, even if you never join disaster aid or know about us or call us, we'll tell you how to get trained by the Red Cross or the Salvation Army and what FEMA is and what, what, what part they play and don't play. There are some great resources out there. Um, Salvation Army being my favorite because a lot of Rotarians that will come out there and train you for free how to get prepared for disaster. So when you show up to disaster, you are fully trained and you can just pick up a shovel, pick up an ax or pick up a pencil and help us with that storm. So are we, are we just kind of, uh, are, are we as Rotarians just not good at asking for help? We're better at giving help than asking for help. Most Rotarians, I mean, we're, we're A plus personalities. We are we are <laughs> businessmen and women. Uh, we are leaders. Um, sometimes we lead. Sometimes we push. Sometimes we follow. Um, I think sometimes it's hard for us, including myself, to kind of check our ego and to listen. But I've learned in these disasters that we don't know it all. Um, the biggest and best of us don't know it all. It's, it's all, unfortunately, you get good. I got really good at mucking and gutting when Harvey hit my own district. And Disaster Aid USA and our district did 275 homes, which sounds like a lot, but there was 175,000 homes that had to be done. So we just have to go out there and stay in our lane and do what we do well. My job is, is I always laugh. I put a blue hat on. I never answered the phone. I kicked down the door. I clean it up. But then I need someone to pick up the phone when the district governor calls and say, hey, how can we help you? I've got right. money coming your way. I've got water coming your way. I've got clothes coming your way. So for like I say, and I say this all the time and people kind of roll their eyes. For every one person out there swinging a hammer, there's three people in the background answering the phone, helping with donations, getting that communication part so you know where we go, when we go. And um, all of us being volunteers, you know, we're not the best at it. You may, you may go to our website and, and sign up to volunteer and We've got a gentleman up there in the Dallas area, really Denton, Texas, who went and volunteered with us. We never called him back. Can the International Convention never called him back. And he called me and says, okay, Wayne, what do I got to do to get a, a disaster rate trailer up here in Denton, Texas? And I'm not always going to call on people back. So I need those. And I feel bad when Rotarians want to help and they want to donate. And we don't always pick up the phone. Um, so if we've ever offended someone from that, I, I do apologize. We just get so busy. I get so busy with just putting my head down kicking down the door, getting the job done, that sometimes I just don't say thank you. So for the Rotarians that have donated, for the, for the districts that, that support us, the fellow Rotarians that let us come and speak, and you know we have ambassadors that go around and talk about the program, thank you. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for um, sometimes the literature is a little crooked and a business card you can't read is because we, you know, we're all volunteers. Um, and for you, thank you for not giving up on me because we were busy doing a doing a storm to do the interview. Because I think if people hear about what we do and you go to the website, which is disasteraidusa.org, what a surprise, right? Yeah, really. Um, and we are a Rotary Club project. I just want either a Rotarian to do it, a Rotary Club to do it, a district to do it, or in the whole case, get, 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 oh, let's, get, let's get our Rotary zones lined up. So if something happens in California, we come over and help. Something happens in Florida. We can come to Louisiana and Texas and help. Something happens up in New York. I've got, we've got two trailers up there. 
but not just having the trailers. We need the Indians. I need the people that want to shovel mud out of the bottom of basements. We need people muck who want to go muck and gut, <laughs> muck and gut and get it out of there. So um, it's just really the awareness and everyone will find their niche. Um, the thing that we do different is you may go to a storm that you say, look, I want to muck and gut or I'm the best chainsaw person in the world. But you may get to a disaster and, want, and say, you know what? I want to try something different. Wayne's really good at plumbing. Wayne's really good at roofing. Wayne's really good at a chainsaw, mm-hmm. but I can't drive a tractor for a hill of beans. So I make it to a disaster because things are already tore up. I'll be, I'll, mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll see me in the North 40 stalling a tractor out because I'm working on my skills. So um, you, you may come up to, to do one thing. And if there's something else you want to try, come give it a try. So disasteraidusa.org, that is, that's the site. And if, and if Wayne doesn't get back to you, it's not for <laughs> lack of love. Keep, keep pestering him. Um, I got one more question for you and I'll, I'll let you go on your way. I, I know your son was pinging you on the phone, so I guess we will, whatever. I mean, come on. I finally got dad for the interview. Just be patient, but it is our favorite question. And you know, we didn't get to hear much of your rotary story besides uh, you're still a, a a card-carrying Rotarian happy in your own group. And I do believe before the show, you said you were you ready for this, you guys. He's been a past president three times and an assistant governor four times. So I, I guess your blood is very blue. You're You're in it for the long haul. But my last question for you is, what's your it moment? When you have those days where you are mucking and gutting and just saying it's a simple rotary project and you've had a really tough one, uh, what's the thing that you can think of and just kind of go, okay, this is why I keep doing this. This is why I keep getting up every day and putting on this rotary shirt and being a part of disaster aid. What's, what's that memory? You know, I, I I I listen to your podcast. So I knew you were going to ask, so I've, I've been okay. thinking. See, it is, it's the question you know, that gets the most response. I have to say. And if you're a Rotarian, you don't have your why. You know. Um, yeah. That so then you'll 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 know when you're a real Rotarian. And and I, I realized I was a real Rotarian. Uh, that, that that no matter if it's just me and Bob and Larry doing disaster aid, I'm doing it. Um, I was in this little country um, island, actually called Vanuatu. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. It was our furthest west base uh, when we were in the U.S. Uh, when we were in World War II, and it's they got hit, and it's there's. I mean, they had nothing to start with, and now they have less than nothing. And we were there working, and myself and Craig were there. He's a Craig Roberts is a Rotarian from the U.K. And these young kids that have, I mean, they're playing with a can, a can. They got. They have a bicycle tire with a stick, just like we had in the 30s and 40s. And this is mm-hmm. what they're doing. We're helping clean up their country. And I hear the hear the ladies talking, and Craig and I are sweating to death and handing out, you know, home repair kits and tarps. And and these kids come up. They found two two liter bottles. There were Coke bottles. They cleaned the Coke up. They went and filtered water, and they brought it to us. And they said, "Please drink this." And I didn't want to drink it because I know they needed it more than I did. But they insisted that we sit there and have a cup of, of clean water with them. And I know it sounds dorky, and I'm not that kind of guy that gets teared up. But it was probably the one time in my life that here's a kid, grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, that I can go and impact the world because of Rotary. Not because it's me, 
not because it's a disaster raid, but because I'm a Rotarian and that I got the chance to go represent, represents a bad word. I got to go be a Rotarian in a different country and show them what Rotary is all about. So that is my it factor when someone has less than nothing and they give you what they have. And that's a very strong feeling that one I can never even explain to people. Um, that That is my it of why I still do this. And I'll never, I'll never stop doing this because this is what I love to do as a Rotarian, go help people. And I don't think it's dorky at all. I just, I just think you're just being, you know, a really nice human being. And that's, that's not exactly a, a bad thing. Long live the dorks, I say. Thank you. <laughs> Wendy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for doing what you're doing. If you are interested in helping out Wayne, not only volunteering, but I do believe he takes cold, hard, C-A-S-H. Go to disasteraid.org. Um, help Rotarian out. And uh, I'm also leaving you with homework like I do every week. Go find out who's in charge of disasters in your district. I know in District 5050, I'm going to be making a few phone calls uh, this very day because that is an interesting thing. Especially speaking, we've had wildfires uh, in the district. Uh, in Canada. And uh, I have to say, because we are half Canadian and half the United States, and I don't know who's in charge of disasters. So I'm giving myself homework as well as everybody else. Thank you, Wayne, for being on the show. I so appreciate it. Thank you for your time and most importantly, your patience with me. So (laughs) disasteradeusa.org. Thank you. (laughs) So all joking and smiles aside, do you know who's in charge of disasters in your district? Seriously. And if you don't have somebody who's in charge of disasters in your district, I'm shouting out to all the district governors out there who can hear my voice. Get one. It's important. The environment is important. And being ready to help everyday people get back their lives is also really important. Let me tell you, Disaster Aid USA and Wayne, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I will never, ever think of the words muck and guck the same way again, ever. And hey, uh, disasteraidusa.org, if you want to volunteer, if you want to help Wayne and the rest of his Rotarians out, that's where you go. And, you know, special shout out to Shelterbox as well. We want to make it perfectly clear. I want to make it perfectly clear. I am a huge Shelterbox fan. I am a huge Disaster Aid USA fan. These two entities are different and the same in so many ways. They were both started by Rotarians. They both work every single day needing your help, your volunteer hours, and your donations. And they both are working every single day locally and internationally to help people in need. And that will always get much love from Wayne and myself. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. If you know somebody that you think would be awesome on the podcast, let me know. I am open and receptive. Rotarianpod at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. And uh, remember, the world sometimes needs a good muck and gut. I'm Gwen Jones. Take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next time on the I'm Rotarian podcast. Have a great week, everybody.